0: Hello brothers and sisters, this is Mike Kennedy with the Living in Victory broadcast. We're going to continue our series today titled, Faith in Action. The message today is titled, Approved by Faith. You know, we can be approved by God according to our faith. Faith that works, faith that puts things into action, that does things. Let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We ask you for light revelation of your word, that we would be doers of it, Father. We ask for your anointing, your grace. Help me get the word out to speak your oracles today, Father. Open up our hearts. Help us receive from you, Father, your word. We praise and thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, thus Also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If it does not have works, if it does not act. Corresponding action. If you have faith, and remember, faith cometh by hearing the anointed word of God. You can hear all day, but unless you actually do something, it's worth nothing. It's worthless. We've got to put it into action. Amen? You can have your car running. But if you don't take it out of park and put it in drive, it does you no good. You're burning a lot of gas and going nowhere. The same thing with faith. Unless you put faith in action, it doesn't do you any good. Put it to work for you. Amen? Turn with me over to the great faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of of things hoped for, are confidently expecting. Hope means confident expectation, not the wishy-washy desire that we've watered it down to in English today. In the Greek, it meant confident expectation. You are confidently expecting something to happen, God to come through for you, amen? The things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Faith will bring things out of the unseen to the seen. You're expecting to see it for it to manifest in your life. Hallelujah. You know, faith is future, but so is fear. Fear is also what are you you expecting to happen in your life? What is going to happen in your life as you expect things in the future? They're both future related. Fear entails speaking. Fear entails acting. Fear entails uh, obedience or disobedience. Faith is the same. It entails what are you saying? I believe, therefore I spoke. Faith entails acting. What are you expecting to occur as a result of your actions, as a result of what you're speaking? They both work off the same principle, but fear is devilish. God said, fear not. Jesus said it many times, fear not, fear not. See, fear is a form of faith. It's where you're putting your faith in, who you're putting your faith in. Are you putting your faith in God or the enemy and what he can do? When you're in fear, you're putting more faith in what the enemy can do in your life than what God's goodness will do in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Based on that, let's back up to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Verse 38 talking about fear. It says, now the just shall live by faith. Glory to God. You and I are called to live by faith, in faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Notice it's talking about Jesus or God saying, my soul has no pleasure in the person who draws back. When you draw back, that means that you're not expecting. You're in fear. You're in timidity. God wants us to boldly approach a throne, speak things forth, and go forward to conquer, to take forth, amen, to possess, to take it, amen. Say, I'm a taker by faith. I take things that God has laid out for me, amen. You must take it by faith. That's your healing, your prosperity, your victory, amen. Hallelujah. Take it by faith. My soul has no pleasure in him. The next few verses of chapter 10 and 11 come back to the fact of whether or not He has pleasure in you and your life. And it comes down to whether or not you are in faith. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.2 It says, For by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. What did they obtain? A good testimony. In a couple of verses, we're going to find out Who's who's giving them that testimony? Why do they have that testimony? And who is testifying for them? Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people get in pride and they testify of how great they are, all the things they've done. Well, if it wasn't by the grace and goodness of God, you'd have been dead. You wouldn't have done anything. All the great feats you've done, all the different degrees you've got, if it wasn't for his goodness, his mercy, we'd all be dead and in hell. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah. Too many people tooting their own horns. Some people say, well, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to be a put on. Well, wait. We are supposed to put on things. Turn with me over. Hold your place here. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Glory to God of Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are saved. You are a new creature. You need to put on the new life. Put on the mind of Christ. Amen. You have it, but you must take it. You must receive it. You must put it on. Put on the armor of God. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, Verse 10, don't be a put on as somebody who's fake, but you are supposed to put things on. Glory Verse to God 10. says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Who are you strong in? In the Lord and in his might. Not because you're so great, but on, put on the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles is another word for deceit, his lies, his strategies, his trickeries. See, if you put on the armor of God, you'll be able to see him stand against him and he will not defeat you. You will live in victory. Glory to God. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Who's going to do that? You and me must take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Glory to God. Put on the full armor of God that you can stand. You know, I wrote a little mini book. You can get it on my website. Contact our offices. We'll send it to you. Called Equipped to Win. It's available in Spanish as well. And it's a a book about putting on the armor of God. How God has equipped us to live in victory. To win every time. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn back over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. For it by the elders obtained a good testimony. The BBE says, for by it, for by what? For by our faith, our fathers had God's approval. Glory to God. I want God's approval in my life. Hallelujah. What about you? Do you want to be approved by God? Him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, how did they do this? Let's look at verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were architected. The worlds were designed, put together by the word of God. And people say that words aren't powerful. Well, that's how God put together the world. That's how he created you and me. The heaven and earth was by words. Words are powerful. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It doesn't say it was made out of nothing. It was made out of things not seen. It was made out of faith. It was made out of things not seen. Faith is the thing in your life you expect to happen. Faith deals with time and light. Hope deals with light and your expectation of what's going to happen in the light. Light deals with dimensions. Let me explain what I mean by that. Faith gives you access to dimensions. Dimensions into the spiritual realm. What's going to happen in the future. Faith deals with what is going to happen in your future. Dimensions. Spiritual powers. Glory to God. How those spiritual powers are going to be there to protect you, to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered. What did he do? He offered. By faith, he offered. This is an action. This whole book is filled with faith and action. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. Who testified? God testified. You know, a few minutes ago, I read Hebrews 11 2, It says, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. God testified of their goodness, of their faith, of the things they did. In faith, God is testifying of what these men did. God testifying of his gifts and through it being dead still speaks. In other words, through the acts of, that, that Abel did by his offering, God is testifying it in his word today. You and I are reading about it right now. Faith in action. Hallelujah. See, this offering, it's a gift. He came to God and offered it. I've heard people say, oh, this here was because God didn't accept um, Abel's offering. I mean, Cain's offering because... It was not with blood. This is not to do with sin. It wasn't something to to deal with sin. It was to deal with love offering. You know, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, we find offerings where people brought doves. People brought um, flour, vegetables, and God received them. It comes down to things of the heart. See, this offering shows where your heart is. In this situation... You can tell where his heart is because that led to the first murder. An offering led to the first murder of mankind. See, all Cain had to do was get in faith, repent, build his faith up, and bring an acceptable offering. Let's go on and read it. It says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice and gain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, And through it, being dead still speaks. Let's look over at Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep. In other words, one was a farmer, one was a rancher. But Cain was a tiller of the ground, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Whenever it says of their fat, it's the best. He brought the first and the best of his crops, of his, of his offspring. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. Notice, whenever it came to Cain, all he did was brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, where it says Abel bought the first fruits and the fat, the best of it. Glory to God. His heart was to give God the best he had. Hallelujah. You know, not all offerings are received. If it's not with the right heart, here the offering was not received by God. People say, oh, people, preachers talk too much about offerings. Well, God talked about it. He talked about offerings that he received and offerings that he didn't receive and how it was a waste of their seed because their heart wasn't right. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart and it's about percent. We find that Jesus looked down the aisle with the widow's might, and he said she gave more than anyone. A widow's might, a poor lady, gave all she had, she gave a 100%. The rich people may have put in more natural money, but she gave a 100% of the heart. God looks at heart and percent. See, percent puts all of us on the same level. What did you give? God did not respect Cain's offering. You know, Cain could have got things right and, and brought back an offering and God would have received it. He would have rejoiced with him. You and I've missed it. But yet whenever we repent and get it right, God is pleased with us. He said in verse um, six, it says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, Will you not be accepted? God basically said, hey, go get it right. I'll accept your offering. I'll accept you, but don't bring me you know, fruit and vegetables that aren't any good. Basically, I expect Cain walked through. Oh, I forgot. I need offering. He wasn't prepared. It wasn't on his heart. It's like people coming to church. Oh, do I have anything in the bottom of my purse that I can throw in the offering cup today? Come prepared with your heart right. He walked by the vegetables, say, "Oh, uh, yeah, there's a half rotten pumpkin. Let me grab that, pull it up, and let me give that to God." Reminds me of a story that Brother Kenneth Hagan tells. Early on in his uh, as a pastor, somebody brought him some broken dishes, and they said, "Pastor, I was going to throw these away, but I thaw- thought of you. That's not love." He went out and threw them up against a tree and shattered them. I'd have probably thrown them in the air and shot them like a, you know, like I was practicing for hunting. Taking a shotgun, used them as skeet. There's no love in that gift. You reap what you sow. You're going to give people junk. You're going to reap junk. Man, I want to bless people. If it's junk, I'm going to throw it away. I'm not going to give it to somebody. I'm going to bless them with something nice. Amen. Hallelujah. Cain was in pride. That's why he got in anger. His brother made him look bad. No, that's not a true statement. He made himself look bad because he didn't value God. He didn't honor God. What made him look bad was his actions, his heart. But the heart of his brother just brought it more to attention. And he got angry. He got bitter. He was prideful. And he blamed his brother. Pride. Humility would have said, you're right, Lord. I missed it. I'm going to go get you the best I can. I'm going to bring you a good offering. Look at what King David did. He set aside billions to build the temple. And what did God say about him? He's a man after my own heart. Hallelujah. Whenever I looked up the word accepted in Genesis 4, 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? That word is um, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I may not say this right. Say eighth. Say eighth. S E H dash A Y T H I'm probably saying it wrong, but it means an elevation, elation or cheerfulness, exaltation in rank or character to be accepted, dignity. Excellence, Highness, to raise up. God was saying, I will raise you up. Bring me something of the heart, and I will raise you up. I will accept it. Hallelujah. It's a it means um, to lift up somebody with dignity, to give them dignity, to recognize them in a high place or honor or office. God was willing to raise him up, but he got bitter. Hallelujah. My, 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 don't get bitter. A root of bitterness, man, it will get you off. It will rob you of the blessings of God. Hallelujah. And God goes on to say, and if you do not, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. In other words, hey, you're in a dangerous position here. You're in the danger zone. Get out. Get your heart right. You're in a bad situation. And it's And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. In the message, it says, uh, verse 3 through 7, it says, Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel in his offering, but Cain in his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper. And went into a sulk. Started pouting. God spoke to Cain. Why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you. Ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. In other words, he could master it. He could take authority over it. He could take captive of those thoughts. Beat his flesh get his heart right and God would have accepted his offering. Oh my, but let's continue on see what happens. In Genesis 4, 8, it says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. The first murder was over pride of an offering. The CEV says, if you had done the right thing, you would be smiling. But you did the wrong thing, and now sin is waiting to attack you like a lion. Sin wants to destroy you, but don't let it. Cain said to his brother, let's go for a walk. And when they were out in the field, Cain attacked and killed him. It's forethought. He thought about it. He let the bitterness get up in him, continue until it got him so angry he was willing to commit murder. It still happens today. Deal with roots of bitterness in your heart. Don't let it keep manifesting. It's like cancer. It keeps growing and getting more ugly and gross and destroying. And eventually it will kill. It'll kill you or it'll be um, an open door to murder where just like it happened here, it killed someone else. Some people get roots of bitterness and they get ulcers, internal bleeding, strokes, heart attacks. Deal with it now. Amen. Hallelujah. See, all he had to do was get in faith, receive God's mercy, receive God's word, do it right and I will receive you. I will exalt you. All he had to do was take God at his word, get in faith, do the right thing and he would have been raised up. He'd have been placed in a high office. He was the firstborn. He had a place in God's family. Hallelujah. And yet, It was destroyed because of his acts of bitterness that led to murder. Oh, my. Let's continue on. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? This is the nature of Satan. pride, bitterness, blaming other people. Lying. Where is your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I his keeper? We are our brother's keeper. That's love. We're supposed to cover our brothers, help our brothers. Amen. Nature of Satan. Not my problem. That's against the law of Christ. The law of love. He should have said, I better find my brother. Not kill him. I better forgive my brother. Hey, how did you get God to to give you such high uh, accreditation? What did you do? Man, my heart was right, brother. Get your heart right. Here, I'll go help you. We'll pick out some of the best vegetables you've got, and you can take it to the Lord and God will bless you. That's all it took. Hallelujah. Genesis 4:10 says and he said, "What God said, "What have you done? The voice of your blood cries out to me from the ground." So none so now you are cursed from the earth, which was open, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive, a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. In other words, he was graced to grow vegetables. That grace left him. It wouldn't produce anymore. He became a nomad, a wanderer, a vagabond. In other words, no home, no place had to leave his family. You know, people have murdered today and tried to hide out in places. They're, they're nomads. They're traveling all over. They're hiding in mountains. Man, don't do it. Get yourself right. Get under the blessings of God, the mercy of God. Deal with that bitterness. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Abel honored God and He is still being honored by God. In 1 Samuel 2.30, it says, Far be it from me. If you honor me, I will honor you. Well, he, God honored him. We're reading about it today in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He was honored. Hallelujah. God will bless you and honor you. He will prosper you. Don't hide your seed from God. Don't give him the worst. Be, bring the best to him. You know, Sharon and I have a God account. What I mean by that is the word says to say apart, to sanctify. We take... First, 10% off the top of everything and automatically put it in this account. It's God's money. But then we take extra money on top of it and we set it apart as an offering to the Lord. And we store it up so that when there's great opportunities, we can sow into those opportunities. Into fertile ground, great projects, kingdom projects. Amen. I encourage you to do that. Give God your best. If you've got a lot of money, you also need to give him some time. Amen. If you don't have a lot of money and you're giving him time, make sure you're still setting apart at least the 10% plus 1%. The only reason you don't have the right to give him anything is if you have nothing. And there's everybody has something. Kenneth Copeland shares a story. Whenever him and Gloria were married, he didn't have anything, so he took a button off his shirt and he put it in in a in an offering basket well that's what he had planned on doing what he shared was that they had given him a little pencil a visitor card and he said hey i've got something to put in there he put that pencil in in the offering envelope put it in the bucket and somebody said hey i've got some money for you he said i'll receive it went and put that money inside the offering envelope got that pencil back and sewed into the kingdom. God looks at the heart and now he's a very prosperous, blessed man of God because he put God first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. If you want to come up, if you want to prosper, if you want your things received by God, seek him first. Amen? Hallelujah. If you notice, one of the first things that we read about was seeking the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If you want God to recognize you, to honor you, seek him, put him first, his things first with the right heart. And God will bring you up. He will promote you. He will prosper you. Hallelujah. Well, this is Mike Kennedy with Living in Victory. Have a blessed day. Due to the graciousness and the goodness of God, we're happy to inform you that you can download all of our messages and our mini books free of charge from our website. Also, if you'd like to become a partner or receive our newsletter, feel free to contact our offices.